everyone. Welcome to a Friday night post-game edition of the Talking About podcast. The Sixers pulled off the win on the road tonight in Orlando, 107-99. Here to talk about the victory with me is Paul Hudrick, the, the, the top dog at Liberty Ballers. Paul, thanks for jumping on tonight. Yeah, you got it, Sean, after an exciting win, too, which I don't think either of us were... Uh, well, maybe we were anticipating a win, but um, a very exciting one in nature. It was fun to watch. Yeah, just pretty well-played game, considering the Sixers are missing... They're top three and, you know, a top third of the roster altogether. And Orlando only has five wins on the season. Yeah, might, might have expected just one of those sloppy, oh, uh, they got the win, but it wasn't a super pleasant viewing experience. But actually just, yeah, really exciting game. I thought both teams played well. Uh, pretty pretty clean game as far as the turnovers and everything were considered. And yeah, it, I, I I thought you couldn't have asked for much more from the Sixers, you know, considering who they have available. And I, I think that starts with Shake Milton, who 24 points tonight, 10 assists, uh, his first career double-double, fell one rebound short of his first career triple-double, which would have been pretty incredible. Paul, Shake, uh, he's been playing extremely well in the absence of both Maxine Harden this last week and a half or so. And tonight he also had the shooting start going from downtown. He was 4 or 7 from 3. I, I think the fact that he's been able to spread his wings as a as both a ball handler and a guy looking to create his own shot, it could be a blessing in disguise when these these stars come back for the Sixers because they were looking for some some bench punch. And if Shake's playing like this, this is exactly the type of guy they needed. What do you think? Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, when kind of when guys started going down and, and everything, Doc kept talking about silver linings whenever we were talking to him and in press conferences or media availabilities. And I actually even asked him, I was like, you know, could shake Milton, like, could this be the guy who like, could he be one of your silver linings? Because he is getting this opportunity. Like you mentioned, you know, to, to just have the ball in his hands where he is better. Um, and I think too, sometimes I shouldn't say sometimes it's just it, the, the reality of sports in the social media world, we're just so reactionary and like shake Milton. Uh, I'm sorry, he's just not a, a bad basketball player by any stretch. He's never has been. He's he's a pretty good player. He's an NBA player. He had a really tough year last year. He battled a lot of injuries. He lost his rotation spot. Um, they got this guy named James Harden, and like it's just it, it's a, a lot of things worked against him over the past year, and even the year before that. Obviously, he had, he had some injury issues and struggled a little bit, but. This is a guy that can play. He's a, he's a good, you know, uh, you know, the ceiling is what I guess, you know, a rotation player. Although tonight he certainly looked like <laughs> perhaps more than that, but um yeah, yeah this, best this, best player on the court in an NBA game. So, yeah, I, I, I would mean, say him and Harris were the, the best a pretty high games. floor at least. <laughs> yes, yes. Um so I mean, and it's not the first time he's done that for the record, right? I mean, he's a guy who's, who's done this kind of thing in the past, but the biggest thing that jumps out to me you mentioned 10 assists and and that is the aspect of his game that while he struggled to me, you know, scoring the basketball, especially with his shot the last year, um, you know, last season, the, the passing has evolved. He has become a much better passer. He's reading so much better in the pick and roll. He's finding guys on those skip passes in the corner. He had a couple, another couple of really nice um, passes in in the pocket to, to, to Montrez Harrell tonight. Like he, has just really improved. Um, it's the cliche, but the game has just really slowed down for him in that regard. Like he is seeing the floor so so well. Um, and, and speaking of the jumper, yeah, four of seven tonight. He's eleven of his last twenty three. I think it's over the last five games now. So, and this is a guy who at SMU every I believe every he was there for three years and shot over forty percent from three in each season. 
His first NBA season, he shoots 43% from three. So this is a guy who, with a track record, we know he can shoot the basketball. So to see him kind of get his form back now and, and regain his form in that regard, like that's so huge for him. It's so huge for the Sixers. And I'm with you like this, just the, the one thing this team struggled with, it seemed like early was depth. Um, and now all of a sudden you have, you have Shake Milton, you have the Anthony Melton, you have guys stepping up in their roles and, uh, you know, and we didn't even touch on yet, like the backup centers. I thought Harold and Reed both struggled in the first half. And then I thought they were both very, very good in the second, um, once they kind of adjusted to Orlando's size. So, um, yeah, all of this, as much as we don't like, you know, Joel and B, James Harden, Tyrese Maxey all being hurt, this is the kind of thing that could help them so much down the road when, when these guys are getting the touches, getting the reps, and it just has a potential to make them such a deeper team. Absolutely, yeah. So if, if Shake's getting back to being, he doesn't need to shoot 43% like he did, uh, I, I guess that was the second season. Right, he had that. Yeah, his first full season because the first yeah, year was the two. First one, he started getting like yeah. starts and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, if he can shoot like thirty-eight to forty percent, that's tremendous, sure. and he's he's going <laughs> to get plenty of open looks off when when the top guys are back and Joel can, you know, get do those kickout passes and Harden can find him and him in the the wing off a a, a penetrating kick. Um. If he's doing that, and you have the option, like, hey, we want to give Maxi and Harden both a breather. We don't have to completely stagger them for full forty-eight minutes because we feel comfortable to shake out there for, you know, eight eight to ten minutes a game as as the lead ball handler. That's a huge boon for this team, and yeah, not something we expected coming into the season because, as you mentioned, you know, he had the injuries last year, and everyone just kind of like wrote him off. And with the off-season roster crunch it was a long shot that it would be shake, but he was at least in like, he was discussed like, Oh, well, what if they, you know, threw shake into a deal or is there even a spot for shake really? And he, you know, he eventually worked his way into kind of that 10th, 10th man role, but it wasn't assured by any means. So no, uh, no, definitely not. Yeah. And so, it's what you talk, you know, you talk about lineup combinations too. And like, I think about the idea of no, you know, maybe now what you can do is you play Maxi more with shake so that shake so that Maxi has that kind of secondary ball handler out there and playmaker to help him out. And you could then perhaps play Harden and Melton together, which would help you on the defensive end of the floor to have, a, a, you know, a better perimeter defender. So it does. It just gives you so much more optionality. Um, and let's hope that Duck Rivers takes advantage of that optionality. Yeah. Uh, t- and to Doc's credit, I think he has been much more willing to experiment with different combinations this year than than past years and a lot of that might be just he doesn't have a choice because <laughs> some nights they only have eight to nine guys available that he would really like to throw out there so you know as a result you're going to see some funky stuff but i think he has he has been more willing to to try things this year so maybe maybe daryl's been getting in his ear or whatever but uh we've we've seen a little more flexibility and hopefully that persists and especially in the postseason that's i think that's the most important part of it all um but yeah just to wrap it up with shake uh as you said that i think the ball handling and the playmaking has been the the biggest development for him he had a, a really nice skip pass to the corner with to tobias on one play the 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 lob in transition where he just kind of like beautifully floated it down to harrell towards the end of the oh, game that yeah. that was kind of the uh the nail in the coffin to make it like a three possession game, I believe. Um, that's that's a, that's a really difficult pass to be on the run and just to perfectly float it in there like that. Uh, just top notch kind of play. Passed him open, right? Like, cause he wasn't actually open. He like, he threw yeah. it ahead. It was like a, like a quarterback anticipating a receiver being, open. yeah, it was, it was like it was Mahomes really nice. see, seeing the pocket between the linebacker <laughs> and the safety and getting it in there. Um, just, yeah, really nice 
plays all around from Shake and the, the shot falling, and he still has that that mid range game that he's always kind of had at his disposal. Just yeah, wonderful to see him uh, flourish, and you know, definitely a crucial time for the team needing guys to step up, and he's been at the forefront of guys that have taken advantage of this opportunity. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor. When we get back, we're going to hear from Paul about the rest of the Sixers that stepped up tonight for the win. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and we're back. Uh, another guy that had a, a big night was Tobias Harris. 23 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists for him. Of course, this was a hashtag revenge game for Tobias against a, <laughs> one of his many former teams, the Orlando Magic, and he does typically play well against them. But I, I think it's just interesting how with Maxi and Harden and Embiid all out, Tobias has shifted back into, I, I guess this would be the... Uh, Terrell Harris's dream picture that he would throw into the PowerPoint <laughs> presentation, like the Tobias posting up, bullying guys, working the pick and roll. He's he's no longer stand and spot shooter around the arc, uh, just getting James Harden passes and hoisting them right away. He's he's doing it all, and Sixers need that. And it's nice that they have a guy in Tobias that can kind of be both. So I I don't know how important this is in like a championship picture that Tobias is able to do this stuff, but it certainly makes him a very valuable player over the course of a long regular season where he can both be a fourth option for you. And also a guy that can, you know, lead your, your team in scoring or, you know, one point behind shake tonight, but consistently uh, just be a fulcrum in the offense as well. Yeah, for, for sure. And you, adjusting his role. I mean, this guy has done it more than any player I think I've ever covered. Um, I feel like every year um, his role has looked a little different and sometimes it's changed mid-year like it did last year when, like you said, when he became more of a three and D uh, option with, with, with James Harden and really succeeded, really succeeded in that role. And then in the playoffs, 
And then, you know what, in certain games, too, uh, like you talked about, he he could be that uh, another offensive option when he gets it going. Or in, I think the, the biggest thing with Tobias is he's so good in mismatches, right? Whether it's him, you know, using his speed against a, a bigger guy or using his, you know, playing the bully ball against the smaller guys. Like, he is just really good when, when he gets that. And the Sixers have been, I, I think really good at finding them, especially I, I, I give Joel Embiid, I mean, obviously not playing right now, but in general, give him a lot of credit because in recent games, he's done that for, for Tobias. He said, listen, Tobias, like you got the mismatch. I'm I'm finding you. I'm getting you the ball. And I think that's a, a really good job by the team because it also keeps guys up. You know what I mean? Like Tobias, um, yeah, like he, he, he has adjusted his role when he hasn't complained. He's just done it and he succeeded in it, but I'm sure it still feels pretty damn good when they call his number from time to time and he gets to post the guy up and, and, and do his thing. I'm, I'm sure that definitely boosts him a little bit. So yeah, it's, it's it, the Tobias Harris, like the only thing, his only crime is that he makes a lot of money, right? Cause he is a good player and he really is like as a fourth option, he is a, a pretty damn good one um, for this team. So if he was making, I don't know, $18 million, everyone would probably be like, oh, wow, Tobias Harris, he's doing a hell of a job. Um, the, the only thing I'll say, I'm a little worried the last two games, his three-point shooting, I wonder if the injuries are affecting him a little bit in that regard. Uh, he had the hip that he missed a couple games with, then he hurt his ankle against Brooklyn. Um, one of seven tonight, I think he was one of nine against Charlotte when no one could shoot the ball well because it seemed like none of them had any legs. But um, I do wonder if... Um, when guys get back, maybe it, it might be Tobias might have to have another couple games off just to heal up. And it's tough. I think what did they play like five and seven nights or something like that? And it's going to be six and eight nights when they play Sunday night in Orlando. So yeah, it's been like as much as it stinks. All the injuries happened. They also happened when they were coming off that four four day rest, and now we're just playing a bunch of games in a row. So that's that's kind of tough, but. No, I mean tonight Tobias I thought was awesome. Um it, you could you'd pick between him and Shake who was who was better tonight. I thought they were both great and they really need that creation ability right now with guys out and Tobias is providing it in a big way. Right. Yeah, they they had the back-to-back and then a weird four off day stretch and then another back-to-back and then they had yeah, just a weird schedule construction over these these two weeks and yeah, he came back for a Brooklyn game but you could see even during the game, he he was kind of limping with the hip thing, and then of course he left the game to go to the locker room briefly with the ankle. Just yeah, once once they have more than the one of their original top four guys available, once the other guys start filtering back into the, the rotation, it would be nice to see him get a, a little rest day here and there because he needs it. And we all penciled Tobias in because he was such an Iron Man. He had the, the year where he played every game and you just kind of take him for granted like oh he'll always be there but you know he's he's a veteran and you'd like to see him get rest days here and there and especially with these these lingering uh bumps and bruises he's kind of dealing with right now it you know you, you want him 100 percent down heading into the postseason too so it would be for the best to get some rest but yeah not probably not the best time and you know he spoke about how when he played against Brooklyn he wants to be a guy that's going to step up for his team when they need right. him and... he said he said he was in the tunnel <laughs> and he's like I'm not I'm not we have three stars on the bench I'm not going to be the fourth yeah um, so I mean that's that's the other thing too with Tobias like say what you want about the guy he works extremely hard he wants to win he leaves it out there and like yeah like uh you know he's he's not perfect player he makes he's he's a good player making great player money but 
Um, put all that aside, and he is just he he is a fighter. He plays the game right. He plays hard. Um, and he's gonna play through injury as he always like he's talked about. He he rarely misses time because he plays through a lot of injuries. And and just you gotta give him credit for being like he's just an outstanding teammate. Yeah. Um, he's he's not as good as Andre Iguodala, but I think people are going to come to appreciate Tobias mm. when he leaves, similarly to how people appreciated Iguodala's game once he left. Well, if I they think. just win, if they yeah. win, then that's going <laughs> to, no one's going to give a shit that Tobias right. Harris makes $37 million. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but uh, in, in the, the off chance they don't win a championship while he's here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do think people will kind of come to appreciate that. Hey, he was a lot better than we gave him credit for. Uh, not, not, not you and I, but the the general Sixers viewing public. Um, and I think they will come to miss him because he is he he is generally a very consistent player, and he he brings it. Uh, and as you said, fights through a lot to to stay on the court. Um, let's talk about the other guy who was the third leading scorer for the team tonight, George Niang. Eighteen points, five for seven from three, six for eight from the field overall. I, I I say it every game. I just I just love the George Niang experience. Like <laughs> the the talent to trash talking ratio, it, he has to be the top in the league. And he, but he's also just playing like really good ball right now. And yeah, he's his trigger is as quick as ever. He's he's hitting shots with like that aren't open, really. Dave and I talked about this in our pod last week. He just, because he's so tall and he has such a quick release, he's able to get it with just the a, a hint of space. He, do, he doesn't even need it to be an open spot-up thing. Like if the guy's two feet off him, he'll still put it up, and he's making them right now. Um, and also, he's, he's shown some really good uh, off-the-dribble stuff the last few games. And he had the one, I think it was Bull who was on him, and... You know, he he recognized, hey, I have a seven two guy on me. Like, I'm not going to get it up over him. So, took it off the dribble, did this uh, funky little scoop shot. But you know, it worked. And he just he has a lot of those those weird little hitches in his game that just they don't look always look the prettiest, but they they tend to work more often than not. Um, and yeah, earlier in the week he was getting into it with Durant, and I don't know. <laughs> it I I think he's. I think he's playing the best ball we've seen from him. What what have you seen from Yang so thus far this season? That's fair. I I would agree with that statement. I think he this is the best we've seen him look as a sixer and probably the best he's looked as an NBA player in general. And I always think it's so funny because I'm sure you remember him playing at Iowa State and like he Yeah, it was, was like a point forward. Yeah, kind of. he was like <laughs> he was legit a very good point forward for, for that team. Um Clearly, the biggest thing is he just doesn't have the athleticism that translates to, to the NBA, but um, he's still smart. He's still savvy. Um, he, he still is a good passer. He sees the floor well. And so he can do a little bit of, of stuff like that, especially, you know, with respect to a team like Orlando. Like when you're playing a team like that, like he can. Yeah, he, he can play a big role um, in the playoffs. I think last year. And it's not to say I, I think he would have been great if he was 100% healthy, but I think that knee really screwed him up um, going into the postseason because he was so good for them last year. If you remember, like he was their sixth man, like he was their best player. So I think yeah. it, it, off the bench, I should say. Um, so I think the combination of the knee and then just them asking him to play way too big of a role last year really hurt him in the playoffs. And, and we talk about that depth. And that's what I think has a chance to really help him for two reasons. One, they don't rely on him as much as the regular season, so he won't have to play as many minutes and he'll stay healthier. And then two, when the playoffs come, you're asking to play 10, 15 minutes and not like over 20 to 25 like he was last year. So 
Um, there, I think, yes, he is playing his best basketball right now. And I think there, there are reasons to talk yourself into him being better uh, in the postseason this time around than he was last year. And I just look up and down the roster. And while we were talking, I was just looking at the box score. And like, I see Daniel House played 13 minutes tonight. And I'm quite frankly, I mean, he wasn't, wasn't very impactful. And um, he's kind of like the odd man at like they, so they played nine tonight. He played the least. Um, and I think about it when the three guys come back and I, I think doc will probably go with 10 and then Ferk and and House are probably the odd men out, right? I mean, that's probably the way that's yeah. going to go because you can't, of course, like you can't sit shake right now. Um, and I think you have to find a way. I mean, I, I don't know the Paul Reed Harrell thing. I would go. I, I give Doc credit for this. I think he's kind of pushed the right buttons the last few games and mixing and matching those two and figuring out when to use each of them. Um, as I mentioned before, I thought both of them were much better in the second half. But I think still, Paul Reed is still the better option, and I still think he should be the guy when Joel Embiid is back. And there's only room for one backup guy, but um, but we'll see. So I guess that's where maybe things get a little bit hairy. But um, it it's just it, it just speaks again to the depth of this team. A guy that they you know, Daniel House is is was considered a, a very good signing by most people, and he might be out of the rotation um in a couple of weeks here. Yeah, I I think that is a fair assessment. And of the off-season acquisitions, the the main three were you know House, Tucker, and Melton. And I think Melton's been an absolute home run. Tucker, oh, yeah. Tucker has been probably like a B minus C plus because while he's been excellent defensively and does a lot of off-ball stuff on offense that helps you uh, as far as like chasing down loose balls and setting screens and being a good like connecting piece. He also has lost the ability to make even layups at this point, which is <laughs> incredibly perplexing. But uh, yeah, still still really helping the team despite that. And I, I think eventually he'll have to regress to the meet in, in some sense and begin scoring again in well, some that- some sense. That, what I've been saying too is like you're not you didn't pay PJ Tucker to help you win games in November, right? Like you, yeah, you paid PJ Tucker to help you win the playoffs. So that's what's important. And he's another guy that maybe when some guys get healthy, man, just give him a couple nights off because <laughs> he. Yeah. I think he needs it too. He um, Doc mentioned in the post game presser that he did not play late because of his ankle. So um, you know, add it to the list. I think he was and he was already dealing with a hip issue. Plus, he had a knee. You know, he had a knee procedure before the season even started. So um. Yeah, he's a guy that that probably is going to need a little bit of a break here when everyone starts getting healthy. Yeah, so it's it's good they can. Hey, hey, Melton and Mil- and Milton, you can just you know keep playing thirty eight minutes a night, and we'll just <laughs> shuffle shuffle the uh, the guys that have been sitting out in for our our other starters who need need to get some well, games. Melton's off. banged up too, though. It's, yeah. like, it's wild. It's yeah, wild. yeah, it is really a mash unit they've been throwing together. Um, all right, so you you mentioned the the centers. Let's let's talk about their play a little bit more in depth from tonight. Uh, Paul Reed fouled out, but I think still did Paul Reed things. Had five offensive rebounds to help the Sixers actually uh, won the offensive rebounding battle against Orlando, which you wouldn't have thought considering they started four guys six ten or taller. So he was he was a big reason for that. Good activity. As you said, the key for him is that he has the defensive versatility that you, you feel like he can defend in the postseason. And I, I agree, even though there might be better matchups for for Harrell in the regular season, 
you just want to give him as him being Paul Reed as many reps as possible and just let him see every scenario possible on a basketball court and get as comfortable as he can because he's the guy that if you're going to reach your ceiling, he has to be the backup center in the playoffs. It, it can't be Trez. Um, but that being said, I thought Trez also played well, particularly in the second half tonight. He kind of figured out Orlando's length and that if I I got to get out and run, I got to get rolling hard in the pick and roll and get like get those guys moving. And then I have the advantage because I'm quicker than these, you know, length like lengthy seven two guys. I, I have a little bit more of a explosive and burst advantage against them. Um, when he was just kind of like trying to bully them down low in the first half, it wasn't working because, you know, they're five, six inches taller than him. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought both guys, as you said, contributed to the win tonight. And, you know, considering Joel's not playing the fact that they got 48 minutes of at least average center play, uh, it's definitely more encouraging than what we saw in past seasons. No, 100%. And um, and as I mentioned before, I thought Doc had a really good feel for when to kind of put each guy in the game. And I think I think Paul Reed would have actually closed the game had he not fouled out because I think he was I think they really needed defense at that point. They were up, you know, double digits in the fourth quarter and they just needed him on the back end to kind of patrol things and, and you know, kind of make sure that Orlando wasn't going too crazy. And it is funny with like the adjustment, the height thing. I always think of I can't remember what year it was. It was it was a few years ago where. Uh, Boban was still on the Clippers and and Joe was obviously here and they put Doc put Boban in and he blocked like three of Joel's shots and I was like oh my god but then you re- and then like Joel realized like you kind of like what you talked about with Trez like Joel realized well he can't move so I just need to make just utilize my speed and get around him and he did that and then wound up having a, a monster game for the rest of the time but it just does it, I can imagine it being a little funky going up against, you know, four, six, ten dudes and trying to navigate that. But I'm with you with Paul Reed in the playoffs, just the defensive versatility. And, and again, um, we're giving Doc Rivers a lot of credit on this podcast, Sean. We got to be careful. No, um, well, they're, they're winning basketball games. Sure, when they win, you have to do it. <laughs> um, and he did make, dare I say, he did make adjustments in the second half that I thought were very good going to a little more zone. And then also basically just saying, all right, Orlando, take as many threes as you want. And we're just going to back the paint because that's the way you beat this team. Um, but I give Doc credit because, you know what, last year in the playoffs, he recognized Paul Reed was a better option. He went to Paul Reed. Um, and I do think that when the cards, you know, when the chips are down, I I think it's going to be it's more likely going to be Paul Reed just because he's so impactful on defense. And because you have James Harden out there who you know, and you have Maxi, you have these other guys that can make up the scoring when Joel is out. You need the defense. That's what you need out there. So um, I, I anticipate, and it's a long season and things can change. And I'm with you. I, th- I think it's a great point you make that you would like to see Paul Reed get more minutes because you want to see him play in all situations and, and see everything. Though I will say that um, he, I do think Doc has given him, even before, you know, the injuries, Doc has given him a pretty fair shake to, to play minutes. And I think re- more recently, Paul has earned the right, I think, uh, to to get the nod over Trez and maybe some more favorable matchups. You mix and match. But um, yeah, uh, Paul Reed's the better option now. And he's, he's I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be once the playoffs start. Yeah, I think Doc throughout this season has, you know, given Reed his chances. It, it, it hasn't been just a, oh, Joel's been out the last week or so. And that's finally he's going to him. Like, I think Reed's gotten his... The, the allotment of minutes he deserved this season, by and large, for the most part. Yeah, um, agreed. 
Yeah, last season, sure, he did throw him in the playoffs, but it was also after like six weeks of DeAndre Jordan when everyone oh, yeah. in the, tri- the tri-state area was screaming, this isn't working, DeAndre Jordan mm. should not be on a contender's roster, let alone playing significant minutes. And well, uh, as he yeah. told, as Doc told Derek Bodner, he doesn't know ball, and that's just no. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's. I still I can't believe DeAndre Jordan, and I don't I don't want to bury DeAndre Jordan. He's he's a heck of a nice guy, and he had a hell of a career. But like I I don't know how he's still in the NBA. Like he was that bad for the Sixers last year. It's 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 bad. He's the ultimate networker. Everyone <laughs> loves hanging out with him, and he keeps getting contracts as a result. Hell of a nice guy. He really yeah. is. Yeah, it's a shame that he's just yeah, he just doesn't just doesn't have it. And that's okay. It happens, to guys. It's, it yeah, is. we all we all reach our peaks eventually, and just for NBA <laughs> it, for NBA players, it comes earlier than the most for the rest of us in our given fields. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, good good play from the centers tonight. Um, hopefully that continues with Joel out. Uh, we don't really know a timetable for him, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's not too long. But nice to see these guys holding the fort down while while he's absent. Um, yeah, you, you you mentioned how how funky this Orlando lineup is. We we have to talk about this for at least a couple of minutes. Um, they're fulfilling the mid to 2010 Sixers dream of starting all centers that <laughs> the, the Sixers fan fan base bandied about back in the. Uh, the days when they had Embiid, Simmons, Dario, and I guess Ja was still on the team, and yeah, I, I, I don't know who the fifth would have been. It's, it's I'm blanking on it, but yeah, the I don't know. I haven't been watching Orlando this season. I, I'm not like grinding tape of other NBA teams <laughs> like some of the other fine writers we have on staff are, but uh, I don't know. Bull Bull is was kind of a revelation for me, and yeah, like something that. I guess slipped under the radar in the off season. I think they, they re-signed him after trading for him from Denver uh, around the deadline last year and just looks super smooth. Like had the between the legs dribble drive to convert on one has like a little floater in his game. His, his stroke from uh, downtown is, is fine. Like it doesn't look jerky or anything. Um, and obviously the length, like he had that great chase down block of uh, Tobias in the corner. Um, that that was really a great hustle play on his part. And Tobias looked around like, where the heck did that come from? <laughs> like there wasn't anyone within six feet of me when I went up to shoot. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously Banchero is, you know, their, their rookie phenom. And I, I thought Tucker did a very nice job on him tonight, tonight, but Agreed, by and yeah. large, he's, he's been playing great this season. And then, uh, yeah. And what Wagner we saw had a, a good rookie season. He seems to be, you know, steadily making his way and becoming a consistent player in the league. I, I think they have a nice core. It's it's just it, it does this funkiness work. I don't know. It's <laughs> yeah. because it's it's good that you had this length, but we also saw it, it kind of leaves you vulnerable against dribble drives and, and everything else because these guys aren't the most fleet of foot. So I don't know. What, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on the workability of, of what they're building in Orlando? Well, it's fun. I, I have to say that it's a fun team to watch because I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm with, I'm with you that I'm not the biggest, um, you know, we're not Jackson Frank, we're not watching every game, yeah. but, um, but you know, sometimes with, I, I've got league pass this year, and sometimes I, I flipped over some Magic games, and they're fun. They're a fun team to watch. Um, Bankero is awesome. Um, such a cool skill set for a guy who's six ten. Uh, Wagner's Franz Wagner is amazing. I really love his game on both ends of the floor. Uh, but it's just it, and yeah, and Bol Bol is it's tantalizing. It's 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 so much fun to watch a dude that big, that skilled, 
And I, I think the biggest thing that was his issue was um, I think his issues were attitudinal more than anything else when he came into the league. And so it seems like he's realized he, you know, whoever someone got through to him, it seems like, you know what I mean? Or, or he's grown up or whatever, something, something, the light bulb kind of flicked with him and you're starting to see what he can be. And it's, it's special. Um, It's very special, but yeah, as far as the viability of it, it goes, they're probably going to have to like, you have, you have Mobamba, you have, um, you have Bulbul, you have, Jonathan Isaac, who's hurt. You have uh, Ben Caro, who's six ten. You have Wagner, who's six ten. You have Wendell Carter Jr., who's um, I yeah. think he's six ten. Another right guy was, wasn't available tonight. Yeah, but yeah, that's too. a big part of their core too. Right. So you have, I mean, it. I, they probably do have. It probably is very similar to the Sixers teams. Probably just one too many um, centers, and it's similar to the Sixers too in the sense that they didn't really know what they had in these guys, right? Like. They drafted Embiid and he was hurt, so they didn't know what they had. So that's why, you know, well, they took, I'm sorry, they took Nerlens first and then Nerlens was hurt, so they didn't know what they had in Nerlens. Then they take Embiid, didn't know what they had in Embiid. Um, then it's funny because they take Okafor and Okafor is the guy who actually like plays right away and looks good right away. So you think, okay, well, you have Okafor least, <laughs> and that's not the way it played out. But, um, but I do recall like some of the week like, when they tried to make Embiid and Okafor work and how funny that was. Like they played like high and low with those two and, it just was bad. <laughs> um, this is when the Sixers fans jump in the mentions and say they never gave Nerlens and Joel together a fair uh, shake. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's total. That was the issue completely. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like it would be like Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns, right? That that's it, what we'd be having right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> no, but and I and look, I love Nerlens. I think Nerlens has found his kind of perfect niche in the NBA as as a just rim running big. And you know, um, I listen. I think he would be a hell of an option right now to be. The 76ers backup center not going to happen, obviously. But um, well, I guess you shouldn't say I shouldn't say that. Never say never. Um, but yeah, that's it, I, I do wonder about the long term viability of the Magic team. I wonder where Markel Fultz is going to fit in when he gets healthy eventually. I I, I think we all pull for Markel at this point. I think we're all you know we all hate to see that he's hurt and would like to see him bounce back and 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 kind of revive his career which he seemed like he was doing quite frankly he seemed like he was on a really good trajectory to to kind of bounce back um but yeah it's it's fun it's a fun team they have a couple really good pieces but there there's going to be some decisions that are going to have to be made um i like Suggs too I, I, he didn't really wasn't very impactful tonight either but um he's another guy I like but they're going to have to make some tough decisions on some of these bigger dudes because uh like you said you can't you really not every six ten guy is Ben Simmons that can guard guards. Like you, you need some perimeter players. Wagner's the one guy who is like that, who who is very versatile on the defensive end of the floor, can guard multiple positions. But when you start getting to and even Ben Caro, uh, Ben Caro too is is pretty versatile, dude. But once you get to Bull Bull and 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 uh, and Isaac's pretty versatile too. I mean, I don't know. But it, it, to me, it's yeah. You can only have so many six ten dudes in, in a. In a, in a lineup before things started to get a little clunky and, and messy. Yeah. But bull bull, definitely fun. Um, my wife was watching the game with me and just instantly look up and scream. Like, who is that guy? Like just <laughs> this uh, physical unicorn. I, I know the unicorn label gets thrown around far too much anymore, but just like it's looking at him, he, he, he's yeah. one of one as far as <laughs> you don't see a build like that. So I, of course I had to pull up the, uh, I said, Oh, well, his dad used to play for the Sixers. I pulled up the YouTube highlights ah, in the new minute. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was a fun little tr trip down memory lane tonight. Uh, but yeah, it's su super fun. As you said, uh, I haven't caught many magic games. I'm going to try to make it a point of 
doing it every so often from here on out because yeah just a lot more exciting and fun viewing experience tonight than i might have expected so um and of course good win for the sixers so that's that's what's most important for the listeners out there um all right paul this has been fun i appreciate you joining on this uh this holiday weekend edition of the post game pod um i i can't imagine people that are listeners of this don't don't know where to find you online but uh <laughs> why, why, why don't you give the your information anyway of course you got your your pod with you and Seamus uh thirsty yes. dogs drink faster so I'm having a lot um, of fun with that one yeah you really so, are um uh, yes that's a Philly that's a whole Philly sports co- uh, podcast not just Sixers uh we have a lot of fun on that one obviously it's been kind of the perfect time to start that with a team in the World Series and a team that was you know has the best record in the NFL and the Sixers if they were playing a little bit better that could be fun and the Flyers are just fun to kind of uh they're kind of fun punching bags sometimes for us, but yeah, everybody so that, needs a black sheep in the family. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, and that we we're trying to be more pro union in our, um, and I don't, I mean that as the soccer team, not as, uh, <laughs> not in a collective. Although bargain, nothing wrong with being pro union. No, not at all. Not <laughs> at all. I quite, I, I am very much am pro union, but um, yeah, we're, we're trying to uh, engage more with that crowd because uh, the union did have such a great season and, Quite frankly, in the pecking order, they should probably be above the Flyers at this rate. But uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, so we do that every Tuesday. We have a lot of fun with that. And yeah, you could find me on Twitter at Paul Hudrick, H-U-D-R-I-C-K. And of course, uh, all of our great, uh, great contributors at Liberty Ballers. It's uh, we're I think we're having a terrific season right now. I think we have an awesome staff and a lot of really great people. And I'm very excited for the rest of this season and for the future of uh, LB in general. I agree 100%, Paul, and thank you again for joining. I'm Sean Kennedy at Philly Fast Break on Twitter, and hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving holiday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.